itsy bitsy spider crawled up the water spout. Down, down came the rain and washed the spider all the way to the tennis podcast. The podcast where every week either myself or my sidekick host bring a top tennis list on anything and everything. The other person doesn't know what that list is ahead of time and they try to guess the full list along with you, the folks at home. It is Spooktober. And what's scarier than creepy crawlies? But before I reveal the list, let me reveal my disappointing sidekick host, Dr. Buster. Legitimate question. How do spiders hear? They don't have ears, right? It's through their leg hairs, right? Is that a real answer? I think so. Don't they feel the vibrations in their leg hairs? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so I thought you were asking as if no, you No, I don't. When answer. you said that this poor little spider got washed all the way over to the tinnish pot, I thought, well... That spider's going to be listening somehow, and it's not with some damn ears, but apparently they'll be sitting there and their legs are going to be vibrating with all your bullshit comments. Their legs are going to be vibrating a nice, peaceful, like kind of like feels kind of sexually good vibration when when the host, Nick, is talking. But when Buster talks, it starts feeling like, oh, like ragged, jagged, rough vibrations, and it just wants it to stop. Electrocution, one might say. Yeah, that's what makes them bite their mate's head off during sex because they just they're driven crazy by the tennis podcast can you imagine if we listen to one another with our leg hairs during like a really important keynote speech someone's really getting into it instead of leaning forward and focusing they're just lifting their legs up in the air trying to get a real nice read on what's being said <laughs> wait you don't do that I saw a speech from Jane Goodall a few weeks ago and I looked around, I was confused because no one else had their bare leg sticking up way up in the sky. <laughs> I was just trying to get a good good vibration going from Jane. Well, see, I doubt that because if you're in an audience listening to Jane Goodall, you're definitely surrounded by a bunch of chimpanzees and one thing that I bet they're doing while she's speaking wow. is putting their legs in the air <laughs> mid-scratching their ass and trying to tear each other's faces off. <laughs> That's right. Jane Goodall has never given a speech to anyone but chimpanzees. You're right. <laughs> Well, doctor, you're the sidekick host today. What's the diagnosis today, doctor? How you feeling? Well, I don't know because you haven't told me what the material is yet, so I have no clue how to how confident to be. Well, then let me address your statement with another question, which is, how do you feel about Halloween as a holiday? Halloween's coming up this weekend, as you know, since we're recording this in real time. Do you like to celebrate Halloween? We love to celebrate Halloween. Here in central Wisconsin, we moved into a neighborhood that's notorious for Halloween. <laughs> okay, there it is. <laughs> and it's a real big deal in our neighborhood. We get into it. We have a woods next to our house. We have a little haunted trail that goes through there for kids to get candy. We had about 400 kids come by last year, so we love it. How the fuck do you know that? You counted them? Our neighbor counted it. He's uh, real particular, and he kept count. Have you checked your neighbor's crawl space for dead fucking bodies because he's a serial <laughs> No, boy. because I know they're there. Okay. Excellent. Well, this is our Halloween-themed episode. I wanted something kind of spooky. And so I'm going to ask you one final question before we address the topic. I said, and that is bus- spooky. Oh, oh, all right. Do you know what song I'm singing? No, but I'm going to give the listeners a second to compose themselves because their leg hairs were certainly vibrating like hell just then. Well, it wasn't their leg hair that was vibrating, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, baby. Buster, how itsy bitsy is your spider? <laughs> uh, plead the fifth. <laughs> plead the fifth. Today, we're talking about the top 10 most venomous spiders on planet Earth. Oh, 
I thought this would get us in the Halloween spirit without having to do, you know, w- w- while still doing something new. Nah, I didn't want to do like true crime again just yet. So I thought, what's something spooky I can do? And I know that you have a healthy fear of snakes. Okay. Ever since I've known you. One might say unhealthy. I think it's perfectly healthy because anyone that likes snakes can just go ahead and fucking unsubscribe. <laughs> but if people who own pet snakes, mm, it's another breed of person. They're not welcome here. My thoughts on do spiders. You, do you have the same fear as spiders? Yeah. Not that scared of spiders, actually. The, the main thing I'm scared about is just being bit when I'm trying to kill them. So I always go the safe route. And when I'm going to kill a spider, I hit it with the shoe, the Kleenex, the double wadded tissue paper. I'm very keen on not getting that spider juice, oh, baby. blood, or letting its fangs sink right into my finger as its final death note. <laughs> I'm not really scared of them, per se. When I see a giant spider, I'm just like, Oh, I hope you've said your last prayer because you're about to be killed, but I'm not scared of it. I'm glad you said that. So don't answer this question yet. I'll ask you in a minute. But I was curious for our listeners, if they see a spider, like in person, there's a spider right next to them, what do they do? And I asked my Twitter followers at the Nick Amel, and that's E-M-E-L for Amel. If you see a spider, do you A, kill it? B, relocate it, or C, leave it where it is. Now, what would you guess most people said? Most people would say, kill it. Can you believe the fucking psychopaths following me on Twitter? Because the majority, about 37%, it was close, I'll say. Almost all of them had about a third, but the uh, small lead went to relocate it. They relocate it, Buster. Well, you know, we have a mutual friend who uh, loves spiders so much that When he sees one, he picks it up, gives it a few kisses on the head, whispers it, makes sure it's doing okay, sets it outside, and then fucking writes a dissertation about how beautiful it was afterwards. I know. Shout out to Steven, listener of the show. But the last place vote getter is what you said, which is kill it. Now, my opinion is if I see a spider, it's asses on borrow time. (laughs) It's a good thing that I wasn't in the movie or book Charlotte's Web because that would have ended on page one. I would have seen the spider and fucking ended its life. The book would have been titled Charlotte because her ass wouldn't have had time to build a web. (laughs) Exactly. And I hear the argument like, oh, you leave it there because it kills the other bugs. Well, motherfucker, I'd rather have the other (laughs) bugs than the spider. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a couple of gnats and fruit flies over a damn spider. (laughs) We've all seen the horror show pictures online. You just Google image one evening, spider bites or black widow spider Mm -hmm. bite, etc. Fiddleback. And you see things that you would hope never happened to you. Yeah, and we're going to talk all about it today. The notes today come from a few places. It comes from alcation.com, outdoorlife.com, howstuffworks.com, and our friends at Wikipedia. Now, hold on. I didn't hear Fox News in there. So, I, is this, how honest <laughs> and accurate is this? <laughs> no Fox News, but I do have, what's that other news station that's, Oh, it's, um, well, there's One American Network, which makes Fox News look like CNN. Okay, that's the one. And then there's also, uh, uh, it's not C-SPAN, it's... Um, Dick-SPAN? Dick-SPAN, yeah. <laughs> Dick-SPAN. I have all of them. Newsmax. I even have the Harvard Business Review. Newsmax uh, is what that's a, called. As a source. Newsmax, yeah. Love Newsmax. <sighs> all right, man. Spiders. This article examines the top 10 deadliest spiders and most dangerous spiders known to currently exist worldwide. So they have to be a current spider. The research presented analyzes overall venom toxicity 
as well as each spider's potential for causing human fatalities in the absence of medical care or the administration of appropriate antivenom. In other words, if you were bit by each of these spiders and did not have antivenom, which would kill you the fastest? Got it. That's what you're guessing. That plus overall toxicity ratio. How powerful is the venom? Yeah. And Buster, I thought a good place to start would be for you to tell us how many spiders do you put inside your ass on a regular basis? On a regular basis? Zero. I'm more go through phases, right? I really get into it and then I just kind of let it sit for a while and I, I tend to not think about it. You know, you get out of the daily routine on some things and you just forget. Yeah. Well, you know that saying that you swallow so many spiders over the course of your lifetime? I just thought about this a week ago and I was re-anxious about it. Well, for you, the ass is the center of your <laughs> vortex. And so your ass just kind of, the spider's <laughs> making a beeline to your mouth while you're sleeping, but your ass overpowers the suction of your mouth <laughs> and sucks the spider down <laughs> inside your ass. It's, gra- it's like the gravitational pull of a black hole. It truly cannot be escaped. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Once they pass the event horizon, which is near the tip of the ass cheek, <laughs> there's just, there's no hope. There's no going back. <laughs> the event horizon. I don't want to know what kind of events are happening <laughs> by your ass. <laughs> but uh, Buster, you were re-anxious about swallowing spiders. And I looked that up. We've all, most of us have heard that. I've heard this all my life, that you swallow X amount of spiders in your lifetime, in your sleep, and you don't even know about it. So I looked up, is this true? The urban legend is that we swallow spiders in our sleep up to 52 spiders per year. <laughs> That's one every week. It's a good thing it's not true because the odds, uh, science check says that the odds of swallowing even a single spider are so low that they're virtually zero. In fact, it's extremely unlikely a spider would even approach a sleeping human, much less crawl into their open mouth and wait to die. So, so don't worry, it's not true. So this propaganda was put out by like the mosquito and the housefly activist groups really wanted to take down the spider or... I think it was the spider's own PR team because they wanted to make humans even more afraid Mm. of spiders and stay away from them. Stay away from them. But little did they know it backfired because their arch nemesis, the sole of a shoe, came and uh, gave them a good old striking back. And that's deep because it has double meaning. The sole of the shoe, as in their spiritual soul, as well as their physical soul. It makes you really think about the shoe for a minute. This is why I keep coming back to this show. (laughs) Insights like these. Of course. Okay. Well, enough dilly-dallying. Why don't you crawl all eight of your legs over here and give me a guess for deadliest spider. Now, granted, a few of these, yeah. I'm just going to have to tell you, you'll never guess, but there, there are a few staples on here that everyone's heard of. I'm not an expert spider guesser, nor am I an arachnidologist. An <laughs> or a fucking expert in anything. An or-, or even like semi-knowledgeable in anything. <laughs> right. I have no redeemable qualities whatsoever. No, except the ass. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess with some broad categories to maybe try to get some of those in-between crevasses. Are there any okay. types of tarantulas on the list? Tarantula, I'd always heard, is kind of a harmless spider to humans. Mm-hmm. But there is one tarantula at number eight, the Indian ornamental tarantula. Wow. So pe- these people aren't even afraid of them. They're hanging them on trees and shit. Oh, because they're ornamental. <laughs> you go over to a new friend's house on Christmas Eve, take a look at their tree, and it's just a bunch of dead tarantulas hanging from it. 
Now, I don't, I don't mean to, you know, tell you how to run your show, but should we be calling this the Native American ornamental spider or? You don't need to tell me how to run my show and I won't need to tell you how to conduct your jokes on the show. <laughs> okay. Sound good? Let me tell you about this bitch. As with most tarantula species, the Indian ornamental is quite large with a leg span of over 7 inches or 18 centimeters. It's a big motherfucker. The species can be easily identified due to its large size and bright yellow markings that dot its legs. I'm looking up some pictures. Yeah, do it. And uh, for the listeners, I'm going to put an image of every single spider we discuss in the show notes of this episode. So refer to that if you want to see this guy. I find it interesting when insects or spiders are like colorful, right? And like pretty markings. Yeah, beautiful. Like why? Well, I I was just thinking that this uneven pattern on this tarantula definitely looks like wood pattern on some down trees. So it can easily Mm. hang out on down trees or on the side of erect trees that are still standing. Oh, baby. And it can wait there for a bird or other insects, etc. I see see one actively consuming a moth. It's perfect camouflage for a tree trunk. This guy is really scary looking. Like, I don't want him anywhere near me. But luckily, he won't be because he or she, excuse me, will not be near me because they reside mostly in South Asia and Southeastern India. So they're not Native American, Buster. Got it. So let's talk about the bite. If you get bite by this Indian ornamental tarantula, you're obviously going to be in pain. There's going to be severe swelling. And the spider's large fangs are capable of producing deep puncture wounds in their victims that often lead to secondary infections, bacterial infections. Luckily, there has never been a single reported case of anaphylactic shock from tarantula venom, and it is very likely that they do not contain the proteins needed to enact a potentially deadly allergic reaction. Mm. Despite its potent venom, this tarantula is often sought as a pet for its distinctive appearance. Buster, have you ever considered having a tarantula as a pet? No, sir. Well, if you did, let's say you went and got an Indian ornamental tarantula today as a pet, You're going to be stuck with it for a while because females can live up to 12 years or about as long as a dog. Wow. 12 years for a spider. That's a long time. What a bore. Just like the spider can't do anything. It can't read. Can't watch Netflix. (laughs) I don't know. Its life is sitting, sleeping, I guess. Do spiders sleep? I would assume. I think for most conscious animals, they have to sleep in some form or fashion. Yeah, which would explain why you've yet to sleep in your life. It's such, a, it's such a crucial element for brains. They just, we have to sleep. Now, you might be saying that this spider couldn't crack a book open or browse through Netflix. But I may push back a little bit and ask you, can you spin one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen out of your ass overnight and catch your well, food on it? Because <laughs> I'm going to guess... Neither the can answer- a tarantula. Oh, They don't spin webs. They don't do webs. Mm. Yeah. But if you'd like to see what I can spin out of my ass, come on over. I'll show you. They're too good for webs, is that? Well, then fuck this spider. They're a hunting uh, spider. Like you were saying, they sit and wait, kind of stay camouflaged, and then hunt their prey. And then they right off the tree trunk and (laughs) grab it. (laughs) I got to tell you something. If I saw this spider... I would literally be like a woman in a 1940s TV show, sitcom, jumping up onto a chair and squealing that there's a spider in the room or a mouse. Oh, hell yeah. There'll be some guttural noises coming from me as I try to get out of the way. I mean, 
Terror. Terror unbound. Yeah. And meanwhile, our friend Stephen is like making out with it. (laughs) He's petting it and whistling and kissing on its leg hairs and shushing it, (laughs) calming it down. Its leg hairs, yeah. And then Stephen turns (laughs) around, goes out in the woods, and uh, he also hides on tree trunks and snatches up little birds for the tarantula, (laughs) brings them back in his mouth and feeds them to the spider. And then they fucking have sex. (laughs) Bestiality with the tarantula is quite the visual. But if anyone's doing it, it's Steven. We found the new drop-down subcategory for Pornhub. <laughs> there it is. All right. Well, speaking of Pornhub, <laughs> what's another spider that might be featured there someday besides the tarantula, which was number eight, by the way? Now, I've heard an old wives' tale that granddaddy long legs are very venomous, mm. but they can't bite you. Something like that. So are they on this list? Yeah. I've heard that too. And I, I don't know if it's true or not, but they're not on this list. Well, son of a bitch. I don't even know what to think anymore. They're extremely venomous to insects, but not people, is another version I've heard. Kind of like your mom. Uh, Can animals, like spiders, can they choose to bite and inject venom or not? Can they activate it or not? You know, or is every bite laced with venom? Don't know. Is that a conscious decision they make? That's a good question. Wow. Never really considered that. Hang on. Shh. I hear some listeners yelling out to us right now. Okay, that's the answer. Oh, okay. Thank you, listener. You heard it, right? <laughs> I'm going to go with another guess here and okay. say... Hmm. Are there any spiders with the name jumping in it? That's more of a no. broad category. No, but think about the spider that everyone thinks of when they think of a poisonous spider. Uh, see, I was curious if that'd be close to number one and I didn't want to guess it. Uh, okay. Well, it's not number one. It is on the list. Okay. Show me Black Widow then. Show you Black Widow and we're not talking about Scar Joe. Am I right? We're not. Black Widow's number six. Oh, okay. Now, Buster, as you probably know, it's, this spider is easily identifiable due to its dark color and red markings along its abdomen. Wait, what Often... color is it? <laughs> okay. Wow. No, this is funny. Keep going. This is a great bit. I want to hear it play out. Oh, was that it? Nothing else? Nope. Okay. It's black. Okay. Oh, really? Red hourglass shape on the abdomen. Now, as I alluded to at the top of the show, the Black Widow gets its name from the fact that females often kill their male counterparts after mating, using their former mates as a source of easy food to provide adequate nutrition for the birthing process. Good Lord. Buster, how different would human society be? if males were killed by females as a food source after mating. And even though you would think as humans, oh, well, the male humans would pick up on the fact that they shouldn't mate because they're going to die, but males can't help themselves. Am I right? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, dudes would be like, they'd be sweating every day just thinking, (laughs) can I make it to bedtime tonight without having sex and coming to my death here? Yeah, it'd be an easy answer for you. It's not hard for you to go a day without sex. (laughs) That's right. I would say, no, thank you. So, male black spiders, what do they do to avoid this? They tend to select their mates by determining if the female has eaten already to avoid being eaten themselves. Okay. (laughs) So, the males have picked up on this, the spiders. A little Indiana Jones replacing the the treasure there just the right time. We want to eat meat? No, 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 no. Look over here. Look at this other bit of food you've got. Yeah. And then wait till they eat it and then fucking rape the female. (laughs) 
Like what? Which in the animal kingdom, sex is rape. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Yeah, it's a haunting, horrifying bit. You're at a park. You're just really trying to enjoy the afternoon. Maybe you've got a nice little snack. Maybe an afternoon coffee. You happen to look over at a couple of ducks who find themselves at the same park that you are. It's beautiful, some sunshine coming down, and then you realize what is unfolding yeah. near you, and you quickly hurry your child away because you don't want them to ask too many questions. I've been in that exact scenario, except I make my child watch. I hold their hands. <laughs> okay, we can move on. Say, okay. So, yeah, free advice for the male listeners out there. Wait till your female mating target has eaten and then mate after that. Sure, right. See, I was already doing that, though. Ah. Uh, Just in case, right? No, better safe than sorry, for you sure. You never know when that evolutionary instinct will kick over. You know, animals steal things from other animals all the time. They emulate and imposter other animals. And, you know, maybe some human females might catch on to the sustainability of this concept and might pick it up for themselves. Yep. So, people out there, you got to be careful. It sounds savage and it sounds like, well, it sucks for the male black widow, but... It's a good thing because it's also population control. It gets rid of all the male black widow spiders out there. Yep. So where are these black widows found? They're found on every continent in the world except Antarctica. And they prefer dark areas such as wood piles, basement areas, holes, and crawl spaces. Now, I lived in a house once that there were black widows in a shed. Oh, and shit. I about died. So do you have in your notes the timeline? For this, like, if I got bit by a black widow and I didn't know it, how soon am I in I trouble? I think you'd, you'd know it. So let's talk about the bite. The spider's venom is believed to be 15 times, 15 times more potent than a rattlesnake bite. Oh my God, I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah, and a rattlesnake bite's bad. So 15 times more powerful. However, only the bites of the females are dangerous to humans. Hmm. And it's curious, like evolutionary-wise, why was the male spider not given this defense mechanism of venom, right, for humans? You know, I have to think it didn't develop because they didn't need it. The males had such a short lifespan, they're like, yeah, all right, I'm a baby, I'm a baby, my mom's taking care of me, I'm finally old enough to procreate, and I'm someone's <laughs> brunch. It's over for me. Brunch, yes. Are you fucking kidding, though? The baby's mom is not taking care of it. <laughs> this is a spider. <laughs> It's born and its ass is on its own. I mean, I guess some spiders, the babies do ride on the mommy's back, right, for a while. I don't think the Black Widow does that. The sheer ability for so many newborn animals to survive day one with no help is truly humbling and wild. Yeah. I mean, even just to watch a brand new foal, a brand new born horse, just stand up, walk around. You know, on the precipice of having my first child, I'm like, oh, that'd be very convenient. But that ain't happening. Yeah, tell me if you will do this to your first child. I watched the documentary once on scorpions. Much like some spiders, the baby scorpions will ride on the mommy's back for, I don't know how long, at least a few days, if not weeks. But if one of the babies falls off the back, the mommy immediately kills it and eats it. Well, when are they ever going to learn any self-reliance or accountability? I mean... I guess that's true. We don't believe in second chances in this household. When your baby's born, just strap it to your back and you bet that baby better hope it doesn't fall off. <laughs> That's right. They, be they better not. So black widows, uh, despite being so venomous and scary and terrifying, and if I see one, I want to kill myself, they're actually pretty small. Yeah. Due to their small size, 
Only tiny amounts of venom are injected into their victims, making the bites more unpleasant rather than deadly. So this might kind of answer what you were talking earlier. Their venom is 15 times more potent than a rattlesnake, but it's not like every time they bite you, you're getting 15 times the power Mm. in that bite, right? Because it's so tiny. Yeah. After biting their victims, the toxin begins to take effect relatively quickly, causing severe muscle pain, muscle spasm, abdominal cramping, elevated heart rate, as well as dizziness. In the United States alone, nearly 2,200 people are bitten by black widows each year, but no fatalities have been reported in the U.S. from black widows since 1983, due in part because the rarity of black widow bites. They actually don't bite humans that often. Hmm. Is there any particular thing that would provoke them to bite? I think if you went into that shed I mentioned and started booty clapping in there, I think the vibrations of the booty clap might drive them to bite at the <laughs> source of the booty clap. I don't know. Because you want to talk about a sustainable food source. If they think their partner they just made it with is going to be good, think about a couple big old booty cheeks for some black widows that come right over. We're talking museum quality booty cheeks. Beautiful, beefy morsels. Quality and quantity. It's true. Now, we talked about spiders not having ears, which I actually don't even know if that's true. But they do have eyes. Eight eyes. But the Black Widow has such poor eyesight, they depend on vibrations reaching them through their webs to find trapped prey or warn them of larger threats. Hmm. Okay, so we talked about when they bite. When a widow spider is trapped, it's unlikely to bite, preferring instead to play dead or, fl- or flick silk at the potential threat. <laughs> what is that going to do? Imagine like a human flicking silk blankets at you to get you to leave it alone, right? Right. Or just throwing, doing. throwing kitchen utensils at you. Please leave me alone. I don't understand it. And what's so funny about that is uh, you don't need to flick silk. Just go bite the motherfucker and it will die because you're like... One of the most poisonous creatures on earth, but But that's getting in too close for comfort. That's hand-to-hand combat, and there's a lot of risk in that. They only bite when they cannot escape. Uh, But get this. This is my last note on the Black Widow. Thank God, because it's been like an hour. uh, Okay. (laughs) This is the show, is learning new fun facts about things like spiders. You don't want to be on the show? Do you have any fun (laughs) facts that we can learn? Here's one right here. First one of the show. They spin some of the strongest known silk in the world, and their silk is stronger pound for pound than steel. How's that? Is that fun enough for you, asshole? I have so many questions. We farm chickens so we can eat them. Why are we not farming black widows for this material? Like a truly pliable object that's as strong as steel? You're telling me that wouldn't be an engineering marvel for architecture? Because everyone's too scared to get close to a black widow. Hey, when you're making an omelet, you're going to break a few eggs. Well, if anyone listening wants to volunteer to be the first one to be in a black widow farm where you're surrounded by nothing but black widows in their webs so you can harvest their webs, let us know and we'll we'll make it happen. People with families and significant others voluntarily put on those flying squirrel suits and they jump off of cliffs. So people are not afraid of risk. If they really want to do it. So someone out there would be willing. I think even the world's bravest people are scared of spiders. Spiders is like the most common phobia on the planet. Yeah, we used to talk about that intro psych. No matter where they live, even if they don't live in an area that contains spiders and snakes, they're afraid of them because it's just biologically ingrained in us evolutionarily. 
that people who were terrified of snakes and spiders lived to see another day. Psst. Want to skip ads like that in the future? Go to TennisPod.com slash plus. Sign up and you'll never hear an ad on Tennis Podcast again. So we just wrapped up number six, the Black Widow. There's another widow, cousin, that is in the top ten. Do you know of any other widows? The cousin widow? What other colors besides black? I had loaded up another guess with this color, so I'll save that and instead pivot to brown, the brown widow. Brown. I know what your guess is. The brown widow spider is number 10. Really? There's a brown widow. Although some might know it by its nicknames, which is the brown button spider, the gray widow, or the geometric button spider, which is a fucking weird name. It's easily identifiable due to its light brown coloration and yellowish-orange hourglass along its abdomen. And like the Black Widow, they're found all over the world, but they seem to, they're believed to originate in South America. The Brown Widow is highly venomous and contains a neurotoxin known to attack the nerve endings of its victims. So if you get bit, you're getting some nerve damage. Common symptoms include extreme pain, muscle spasms, vomiting, diarrhea, and extreme sweating. So Buster, looking at you now, since we're on camera talking to each other, have you been bit by a Brown Widow? Because you're sweating your ass off. I was going to say, that is every time I know I have a tennis recording coming up. <laughs> so even though you think you're the host you still get nervous huh well because i care about this show my show so much that i just really want oh, it really? to succeed and i want to do well for the listeners you might be the first person on earth to care about the tennis podcast so that's great <laughs> in cases of severe bite muscle contractions spinal and cerebral paralysis and death have also been recorded from brown widow spites fortunately due to their small mouth size Severe bites and fatalities are relatively rare for the brown widow as they are often incapable of delivering large doses of venom to humans. Sometimes you're grateful for a small mouth. Sometimes it's uh, not a good character trait. Just depends on what we're talking about. Sometimes it's a must-have, am I right? Hmm? Yeah, that's the brown widow at number 10. So what about your other brown guess, Mr. Brown? Buster Brown. Mr. Brown, you just want to say, uh, I was looking at pictures of the brown button spider here, and uh -huh. beautiful. Quite beautiful, just the markings. And I'm pretty sure that an enlarged version of the brown widow is the spider that they featured in Jumanji. It looks identical. Hmm, it does, yeah. It's like the same shape and size as a black widow, just different colors. Right. And that button's not really brown, it's more red. Very pretty. Buster, you want to take the spider out on a date? My other guess would be the uh, brown recluse. The brown recluse. Do you think it's higher or lower than the black widow, which was six? I'm going to put it at four. Well, this is why you're not the host. This is why you're the sidekick host, because it's number seven. Knew it. Now, this one, I have a ton of notes of, just because I think this is one that everyone listening is familiar with. Oh, good. Very... On this one, you have a lot of notes. You haven't had a lot of notes on any of the others. Good. God, fucking Jesus. Okay, the brown recluse. Easily recognizable due to its light to medium brown appearance and its black lines that favor a violin in appearance. Oh, is this the fiddleback? Yeah. The oh. brown recluse is sometimes referred to as the fiddleback spider, the brown fiddler... Or the violin, violin spider. The brown fiddler, I think that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> they call me the brown fiddler. 
As a nocturnal species, the spider often does most of its hunting at night, preying on small insects and other spiders it comes to contact with. So this is another one that does not do webs. Yeah, I have a personal story about brown recluse that I'll come to after you're done with your notes. And the problem with the brown recluse is since it likes to hide among human shit, right? Mm -hmm. Like it hides in your closet and stuff. That's what bothers me with spiders as opposed to snakes. Like, yeah, I guess I'd rather face a snake or sorry, a spider one-on-one than a snake. However, you're much less likely, at least where we live, to find a snake hiding in your house than a spider. I mean, that's true. Although the terror I would experience from finding a snake in my house is unrivaled by anything. Um, but you're right. Really? More than uh, Jeffrey Dahmer in your house? Because the, well, at least I could reason with, with Jeffrey. There's no talking to a snake. Spiders, like you said, they can be anywhere. They could be in your shoes. They could be mm-hmm. underneath a piece of paper. They could be right behind a fridge. And you just wrap your fingers around the edge of the fridge to move it a little bit. And boom. You're in the hospital. That's why they're assholes, because you don't even know it's there, but it's still going to bite you. Well, it doesn't you get know that. too close to it. It's just trying to stay alive. This is why all spiders must die. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you're a spider, stay away from me. I ain't relocating your ass. I'm not a realtor. This episode was really the launch pad for you starting a new lobbyist group, All Spiders Must Die. Going to really try to get that mm-hmm. to Washington or... Yeah, and I know that there's people listening saying, well, look, we need spiders. They are an important part of the ecosystem. And to that, I say, fucking take my chances. While humans have no issue destroying every other aspect of the natural world. So what's one more puzzle piece? True. Don't get me started on conservation. The brown recluse or the fiddleback or the brown fiddler is primarily found in North America. Uh, Severe bites are capable of producing skin necrosis with wounds as large as 10 inches in diameter, which is huge, Mm. as well as a range of other dangerous symptoms. And even more severe bites, symptoms include hemolosis, which is the bursting of red blood cells, thrombectopenia, organ damage and failure, introvascular coagulation of the blood, as well as death. Do any of those sound fun, Buster? I was not really sure how much fun it was going to be when you started that list, but by the end, it was, it was a gaggle of laughs. Yeah. It really sounds like what I aim all of my Saturdays to be like. Why did God create this creature that can so easily kill us for no reason? <laughs> Tell me. Well, along that line of sight, it would be for a reason, because God had, a, had every intent and plan for that spider to bite you at that very particular moment. Yep. All part of God's plan. He works in mysterious ways, as we know. Our so, God is an almighty God we praise. So if you're a child, particularly under age seven, you are especially susceptible to the brown recluse bite, and that makes up most fatalities along with the elderly. Fortunately, serious bites are relatively rare as brown recluse is not known to be aggressive. The brown recluse is resilient and can tolerate up to six months of extreme doubt and scarcity or even absence of food. Buster, can you go six months without food? I can't go six hours without knowing (laughs) where my next meal will come from. I'm definitely not a brown recluse. I've known Buster since middle school and I can confirm that food is very often on his mind. Once I finish lunch, I've already contemplated where and when dinner will occur. It's just a fact. Now, if we could find a way, because humans can't survive six months without food, but let's say they could. So let's say you did survive six months without food. I don't even want to know what your, 
you would just be like a ball of nothing by then. You would have no personality left. Yeah. So maybe we should try to do that. It might be better. This might be an overused point by now, but it's always interesting to hear the fact that without water, you die faster than without food. Mm -hmm. That if you have absolutely no food, you can live quite a while if you're drinking a lot of water. But water is what really gets us. It's true. Although if you don't have water and you don't have food, you can extend your life a little bit by drinking your own piss. Now, how long could the human lifespan be extended only drinking water if it was actually peanut butter? It's interesting because peanut butter has the benefit of not just sustaining your thirst, which actually it wouldn't do that at all, but it would sustain your hunger. It is. And it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. And because in this scenario, in the scenario you brought up, in a world and a universe where all water was replaced by peanut butter, not instantly, not today, for all time, it's always been this way. That means instead of humans depending on what we now know as H2O and water, we would actually, our lives would depend biologically on peanut butter. So if we had peanut butter near us, we could survive forever. Yeah, but it probably wouldn't be good because we'd be solely dependent on peanut butter as a source of life. And so... That doesn't sound so bad to me. What's that? I'm about to go whip me up some peanut butter toast. <laughs> so listen to this, actually. I, I should have said this earlier, but... So I said the brown recluse can go six months with extreme doubt and scarcity of food. But on one observed occasion, a brown recluse survived in controlled captivity for over five seasons without any food at all. So that's over a year with no food and the spider survived. I get we're trying to do this for science, but there's a part of me that feels kind of bad for that spider. Well, I mean, good Lord. It starved to death for five years. No, five seasons. Oh, so, so like one and like a quarter a year, year. three months. Yeah, yeah. I want to tell you, in 32 years, that's probably the first time I've ever measured time in seasons. What is this, the 1800s? I don't understand that either. It's a copy-paste, my friend, but I want to say I would feel bad for the spider if I knew that the spider had even a single cognitive second <laughs> of thought. <laughs> Here's what the spider's thinking for that five seasons. <laughs> is this what they meant when they were talking about the fiddler on the roof? Somehow I doubt it. Hmm. Now, you said you had a brown recluse story. I do. I grew up in a log cabin made of wood, and my father is a man who does not like medical attention. He doesn't go to the doctor. He just doesn't. He got kicked in the ribs by our horse when I was a child, and he never sought out medical attention for that. He just waited for it to heal on its own. I've seen my dad get bit by a brown recluse on two occasions. One was on the small of his back, right above his ass. <sighs> And I watched that bite get really nasty and slowly heal over a period of several weeks, what felt like almost two months. And because of that, I'm terrified of any spider. I'm always inspecting spiders to see if it's a possible brown recluse. It's going to die no matter what, <laughs> yep. but I'm always looking for that fiddle marking. And if I am, I'm really triple sure to, like I mentioned at the start of the episode, I make sure my skin doesn't make contact because whether it's true or not, I've never actually Googled this. My dad told me that brown recluse can only bite you if you're in the act of squishing it. So he thought he rolled over on it in bed and it got him in the back. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it was enough to haunt me ever since my childhood. And so I don't mess with spiders because I saw my dad deal with two really nasty bites. It, they healed on their own though? They did over time. I remember, yeah, having like a hard black center in the middle of his skin. Oh, it's like, it freaks me out just to think about it now. Well, and you said your dad told you that about the getting in contact with him. And we know that Dr. Buster's dad is a 
recognized leader in the scientific community and spider research. So yeah, cement truck driver by day, uh, spider research biologist at night. Yeah. And one hell of an ass too. Self-rolled cigarette and Evan Williams whiskey in hand. I've mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. Someday we need to do a bonus episode just about your dad because there's so much there. Okay, so let's close out the brown recluse by saying that this spider displays that as a defense mechanism against physical predatory attack to a leg as well as to prevent predatory venom injections from spreading to the rest of the body. So once they lose a leg, so let me back up. If something bites their leg or hurts their leg, they intentionally lose the leg. They drop the leg. Does it grow back? No. Wow. Can you imagine having so many legs, you have legs to spare? So there are, I'm reading, uh, so there are spiders like the huntsman spider that do regenerate legs, but the brown recluse does not. Its defense mechanism is to lose the leg altogether before like any venom spreads to the rest of its body. Wow. Legs to spare. I guess we have fingers and toes to spare, so. Yeah. Well, a spider doesn't. They're like privileged ass humans. We don't even have fingers and toes. Yeah, we got eight legs, but I can't lose the end of my appendage. Eight eyes too. Oh, that's true. Eight eyes. We also have a nipple to spare, most of us. If you lose one nipple, you still got one right there. <laughs> Am I wrong? I love the phrase nipple to spare. I think that's, if I ever start a band, that's it. That's my band name. There you go. You're welcome. All right, give me another guess. Let's see. Let me look through here, see if there's any others that you could probably guess. Uh, this may be a silly guess. It's just, I don't know that many spiders off the top of my head, but what about a wolf spider? So the wolf spider is the one I see most often, at least where I live, but I don't know about its venom power because it's not in the top 10. But before you give another guess, let me tell you some fun facts about spiders from hashtag Nick's Notes. Did you know that there are seven people per year that die from spider bites, which is more than sharks, gators, and bears combined? Only seven people. Yeah, but that's reported deaths, so who knows how many more there are, but these other things that people are also very afraid of, like sharks, gators, and bears, all three of those combined have less deaths than spiders. So what I take from that is if a spider faced off one-on-one in an MMA match against a bear, the spider is going to win. I don't get that. Oh, you don't? I think it's more about the... Uh, Weird. <laughs> more about the fatality to interaction ratio, I guess. You don't say. <laughs> The world's largest spider is actually not on this list. It's the Goliath bird eater in Australia. This spider has almost a one foot leg span, 11 inches, and can weigh up to six ounces. Hmm. And it eats birds. Buster, why does this spider need to exist? Seriously. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. You know, I mentioned earlier the tarantulas grabbing birds. They probably only eat insects. This is really the only spider that probably consumes birds. I don't know about that, but that's kind of, it's, uh, it's known for that anyway. All right, let me try to give you a hint on the rest of this. Okay, right here, bird. There is a bird in the name of number four. So it's big. The bird spider. The Chinese bird spider is number four. Have you heard of this one? I have not, no. Well, you're about to heard of it now because this spider possesses a dark black and brown body along with black stripes that run across its upper back. At nearly two and a half inches in length, or 60 millimeters, the spider is relatively large with a leg span of nearly eight inches. Now, this spider is known to live mostly underground, constructing burrows that are lined with silk to alert it to prey. I've never heard of that. Have you? No. Living underground, but they spin webs up top to... No, no, no. They dig burrows, like a mole, 
but it lines the burrows with silk so that if, say, a mole was running through that burrow, the vibrations would alert this asshole spider to prey. So they don't eat birds. I didn't come across that in my notes, but the word bird is in its name. Maybe it has the same diet as a bird. Well, don't all spiders? Uh, That's a very insightful point. As a nocturnal species, the Chinese bird spider primarily hunts at night, preying mostly on large insects and other spiders. As the name suggests, it it lives mostly in China and Southeast Asia. So what happens if you get bite by this bitch? The spider's venom contains a complex neurotoxin with several compounds known to block neurotransmitters in its victims. In the number of human cases observed, the Chinese bird spider's bite caused severe nerve damage, often leaving the victim completely paralyzed within hours. Mm. Without treatment, you're going to die. Good lord. Paralyzed. That's terrifying. So that means if this spider can bite you, paralyze you, and then have its way with you. And you can't stop it. No. Hmm. But the thing I would think about the whole time <laughs> while I'm sitting there paralyzed is A, it was a chance encounter that's now le- led me to be paralyzed and, and dead. Just if I had been five seconds later, five seconds earlier, it wouldn't have happened. Yep. But it's not like that spider's going to use me. That spider just goes off about its day and is like, well, got him. <laughs> no. no. Again, this is what the spider's thinking after it walks away from biting you and paralyzing and killing you. nothing that spider don't give a fuck that spider can't think about giving a fuck right yeah yeah it has no internal dialogue yeah again like your mother (laughs) so that was the chinese bird spider good chance to recap the list so number 10 was the brown widow okay number eight is the indian ornamental tarantula got it number seven is the brown recluse yep or the fiddleback number six is the black widow Mm -hmm. number four chinese bird spider that's all you got. So I'm going to go back to number nine and give you the yellow sack spider. <laughs> now, Buster, I know the you've been. Sack. But did you know it's also the name of a spider? No, this is really a lot of redemption to my elementary school nickname, though. I'm... This is nice. <laughs> elementary school? People are looking at your yellow sack way back then? <sighs> we might have to do another <laughs> podcast on that. The yellow sack spider is relatively small at approximately. 0.12 to 0.6 inches in length. I think this is the smallest one we've covered. Okay, hold on. Be- being called a yellow sack doesn't necessitate that you're showing people your testicles. It does. Maybe it means that you're so useless, they just think that you're a yellow sack of flesh. Buster, if there's a single person listening to us talk right now that didn't think about a ball sack <laughs> and thought about what you said instead, I will eat my hat. I'll eat your balls. <laughs> yeah, your yellow ball sack spider... It's primarily nocturnal and actively hunts throughout the night rather than using webs to catch prey. Imagine a spider, a normal-sized spider, but it has a human-sized ball sack dragon behind it. (laughs) Well, it'd be like those pickup trucks you saw about five (laughs) years ago when they loved to hang giant nutsacks from the back of their truck, which... Yeah. (laughs) But think about how strong and buff the legs of the spider would have to be for a tiny spider to gain up enough body power and strength to drag human-sized ball sack along everywhere it goes? Well, I don't know. All that weight is distributed amongst eight legs, so they might still be pretty spindly. I don't think so. You know, like... Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. A person who works out now, you know, they got these giant quads, and you're like, damn, look at those turkey legs walking around, but if, if we had eight legs, 
not all of them would have to be as buff. No, but we're still talking about a spider the size of a dime <laughs> dragging <laughs> Paul Sack. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's, it would be a feat. I've not seen the yellow sack spider recently, so it's possible that's exactly what it is. But according to this, it says, as the name implies, the yellow sack spider can be identified by its yellow beige coloration and dark brown markings along its palps, jaws, and feet. This spider is found in the Americas, and if you get bit by it, you're in trouble because it says it's highly venomous and capable of biting humans with ease. In fact, some researchers believe that the spider accounts for more human bites than any other species of spider in the world. Well, what is so easy about biting? Don't you just bite? Like, they make it sound like they have to solve a Rubik's Cube before they can make contact with a human being. <laughs> they have to win a round of Jeopardy before they can <laughs> bite a human. It comes down to the size of the mouth, right? Because remember like the Black Widow and the Brown oh, Widow. Oh, coming back to mouth size. Yeah. They have a small mouth, and so it's hard for them to grip their teeth around your innocent flesh to bite, whereas this motherfucker has a, a mouth that was made for biting people. Well, God works in mysterious ways. I'm sure that's not all that mouth is designed for. A bite from this thing often begins with moderate to severe pain, followed by intense itching. More severe bite <laughs> symptoms include nausea, fever, abdominal cramps, and general sickness. However, symptoms usually resolve within 7 to 10 days. Although bites from this spider rarely result in permanent damage or death, the possibility of anaphylactic shock is always a major concern for yellow spider bites and should be treated with extreme care. I think the defense mechanism of a toxin that makes you itch and scratch is kind of humorous. It doesn't kill you. It's just so annoying that you will never do it again. You know, I think about poison ivy, poison oak, things that make you itch. I've gotten poison ivy. A few times this year because we're in a new house and it's summertime and there's some wooded area behind our house. Anyway, gotten poison ivy for the first time. I never had it before. Had it three times this summer. And I don't think it's fucking humorous or funny at all, <laughs> Buster. See, I thought we were covering the top 10 most venomous spiders, not the top 10 inconveniences of your summer. So, Well, this podcast is my podcast and I can talk about whatever I want. <laughs> when you have your own podcast that you're a host of someday, you are welcome to do the same. I just think it's funny that... <laughs> Like, there's so many other worse things a toxin can do to you, but to just make you itch, you know? Right. This other spider bite we talked about paralyzes you, remember? <laughs> right. This one you're like, this one you just... I'm never touching that yellow sack spider again. God damn, I'm itching. No, they say, I don't ever want to touch it again. I'm so itchy, but God damn, look at that yellow ball sack. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's worth it. Some things in life are worth the consequence. Now, let me tell you the most interesting fact of the day, I think. This is still the yellow sack spider. Some of these spiders are attracted to the smell of volatiles and gasoline. Reportedly attracted to the smell of petroleum. This has caused problems by leaving webs inside the canister vent of particular models of Mazda vehicles, resulting in blockages and buildup of pressure that could potentially cause fuel leakage from the fuel tank and increased risk of fire. Wow. <laughs> because so many yellow sack spiders were making webs in these things, Mazda had to do a voluntary recall of Mazda 6 models between 2010 and 2012. Now, I'm not making this up, folks, but this friend we mentioned earlier, Steven, who loves spiders, he drives a Mazda, and a lot of things are clicking into place. That now seems sure. premeditated. I love that these spiders are just, <laughs> is that gasoline? They, and then they're not only so attracted to the gasoline, they get in there and they don't just make themselves a home and cozy, they just, they got to build a web in there. It's just like... They set up shop and... They set up shop, They yeah. move their whole <laughs> life. 
It's like people who interact with someone once on the internet or they meet someone once and they just uproot their entire life and existence. And they just say, huh, I'm making the commitment, baby. We're in. It's like when you met me. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no way that spider survives in there, right? The gas fumes would eventually kill it. I guess. I don't. Yeah. Hmm. All right, that was number nine. Let's move to number five now, which is one our friends down under could appreciate. Gubna. And that's... Okay. Number five, the Sydney funnel web spider. The Sydney funnel web spider. Are you a parrot? Yes, that's what I said. Not funnel cake? No. Oh, okay. Funnel web, Buster. Sorry, I'm just trying to make sense. Yeah. I'm trying to put these through my American lens. This Sydney funnel web spider is relatively large with a glossy dark coloration that ranges from blue to black. The spider is mostly terrestrial and favors moist sand areas, but who doesn't? Found mostly under logs and local plant life. It's mostly in eastern Australia. Now, it's known to, this one's scary, it's known to latch onto their victims, biting multiple times, with symptoms beginning less than an hour after the bite. The bite is extremely painful due to the large fangs of the spider. Oh. So this spider is not just going to bite you, it's going to latch on like a cat. You know when a cat will like grab you with its front paws, pull you to it, and then, <laughs> and then sink its bite into you? That's what this spider is doing multiple times per attack. Oh, man. Yeah, we've talked about many species that they bite and they run. Mm-hmm. It's an evasion tactic. It's, I'm going to throw this at you and I'm going to run. This is, they've decided you know, without much conscious thought, they've decided that they're going to take you out. Yeah, they're, they're in for the kill. And they're not asking for permission. They have large fangs too. And common symptoms of the bite include muscular spasms and pain, difficulty breathing, confusion, disorientation, dizziness, excessive saliva secretion, oh baby, and loss of consciousness. Bites are considered medical emergencies and require immediate hospitalization. And although there are antivenoms to counteract this bite, it only works if it's done immediately. In fact, some people have died within 15 minutes of a bite. Oh, my God. So, reason number 3,000 not to move to Australia. I would just not go outside if I lived in Australia. But th- that's the problem. Spiders just come into your house and set up shop, like you said. That's true. So, this thing's going to bite you multiple times and you could die in as soon as 15 minutes. Just crazy. But that's only the fifth deadliest spider on this list because number three is even deadlier. The redback spider, also known as the Australian black widow. It's easily identifiable due to its spherical black body, red stripe, and reddish-orange hourglass along its abdominal area. It's found in Australia, Southeast Asia, and New Zealand. Isn't it interesting of all the markings that could show up on a round, orb-shaped body of a spider in multiple species? It's an hourglass. Yeah. I mean, evolutionarily speaking, that can't be a coincidence. It's because when you see that spider, your time's almost up, bub. <laughs> oh, that was good. I know it. Now, the bite. Using its web as a form of glue, the redback spider is known to subdue its prey with a web as it repeatedly bites its victim's head, rendering the bug or animal completely paralyzed within seconds. And although this thing primarily feeds on insects, it has been known to occasionally eat small lizards and even snakes. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, wow. A snake? 
Yeah, which is a big, I mean, I don't know how it fits in the spider's teeny tiny itsy bitsy belly, but I guess it does. That's it. I've not looked up all of these, but I'm looking up the redback spider. Throughout Australia, the redback spider is responsible for more bites than any other species of spider in the region. And each year, the spider bites approximately two to 10,000 people due to their preference for warm spaces indoors. Oh, God. They like to be indoors with people. Yeah. And they're very aggressive. Oh, that happens here in Wisconsin, too. To get through the winter, spiders run indoors. Yeah, but no redbacks. No. Thank God. Its venom is incredibly strong and is one of the few spiders in the world capable of inflicting serious harm to humans. The onset of symptoms are usually very rapid within an hour and can also include chest pain, headache, hypertension, and extreme drowsiness. The pain can last for several weeks with complications such as pulmonary edema, respiratory failure, a coma, seizures, and skin infections are very common. Oh my god. Healthy adults have been known to die from severe avenomation as many as 30 days after the bite takes place. So you got a month of suffering and then you die. That's brutal. It's horrific. And if this spider wasn't enough of an asshole already, they're also cannibalistic. They eat their siblings. When the spiderlings are born, they often eat their less active siblings. Which sucks because not only now, like you're a spider, so your life already sucks and is boring. But now you got to watch out for your siblings killing you for not being active enough. So if you're not out there doing spider yoga and whatever else the hell, I mean, imagine if you were eaten by your sibling buster because you weren't active enough. I wouldn't have to because I did that to my sibling. Okay. Because I saw a lack of initiative and I took care of it. Yeah. And if they had a lack of initiative compared to you, I don't even want to know what that was like. (laughs) They redefined the word sedentary. Hey, Dr. Buster here. Did you know that some of your fellow listeners knew the topic of today's episode weeks in advance? Say what? Well, that's because they're signed up to the free Tinnish Podcast newsletter. The Tinnish Pod newsletter hits inboxes on the first Friday of every month, and it is the only place to get the next month's worth of episode topics in advance. Hey, that's pretty sweet. That way you know in advance when and how Nick is going to disappoint you. Plus, you can read my exclusive blog in the newsletter. That's right. Yeah, boy. And my sidekick host, Nick, will also let you in on the latest behind-the-scenes notes and tidbits about Tennis Podcasts. Get all of this and more by taking about 10 seconds to sign up. Just go to TennisPod.com newsletter. All we need is your email address and you are in. You can also check the show notes of this episode for a direct link. Don't waste another second. Go to tennispod.com forward slash newsletter to sign up right now. We just have two left. This one you might have heard of. If I say the word Brazilian, does that uh, trigger any guesses? I think that's a nut, right? Brazilian nuts? Is that your guess for a second most venomous spider? Is that, that's one of the 50 states, isn't it? Brazil? Okay, so Brazilian wandering spider. (laughs) I'm not letting you take us off the rails, doctor. The Brazilian wandering spider is number two. It's also known as the armed spider or the banana spider. If you look this up, you might recognize it. It's kind of a well-known spider. It's in South America and it's extremely large, up to six inches, and can be easily identified by its hairy appearance along with its dark linear stripes that cross its black and brown colored body. Imagine being a spider that is most known for being hairy. Okay, hold on. 
I just have to point out my Google search real fast. I type banana spider, and about half of these images are pictures of bananas with spiders on them. Spiders like bananas. Really? It's called a banana spider because it lives in bananas sometimes. Not because it's yellow? I mean, it looks... No. Oh, really? Well, I mean, probably helps, but oh my God, the spider is so huge. Oh my Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they call it a banana spider because it lives in bananas. Yep. Oh, man. Well, I'm no longer eating bananas. I got to stop looking at pictures on Google because I'm about to have a panic attack looking at this thing. (laughs) The spider gets its name from its natural tendency to wander the jungle floor, particularly during the night hours. God, that's scary. They are frequently found hiding in termite mounds. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. For a spider, what's the difference between wandering and, I don't know, anything else? It's not like they have to get to the grocery store. Every movement a spider makes is just wandering. No, because this spider is wandering. It has no set destination. It's just walking around, taking its time, taking in the jungle floor. Are you telling me black widows have a, a set plan? They wake up in the middle of the night and they're like, all right, <laughs> shit, I got to get to, got to drop off the little ones to daycare. I got to get over here. They're not acting with intent. They're all wandering. No. I told you I saw those black widows in my shed long time ago, and when I took a quick look, I had to get like a magnifying glass, but I saw that spider consulting its daily planner to see what its, what its schedule was on its schedule for that day. Not many people know that. but I'm the... wondering when you're going to make a good joke <laughs> on this show. Hey, brother, so am I. <laughs> the Brazilian wandering spider not only wanders, but they're found hiding in termite mounds, banana trees, under fallen logs, or rocks. And I like the termite mounds. That means when, a, when this Brazilian wandering spider finds a termite mound, it just moves in and says, sorry, guys, this is my fucking mound now. And does it eat what them do? or it just lives with them? Doesn't mention it. Hmm. I would guess that the termites relocate, but I don't know. <laughs> I can imagine the first few days, there's, there's probably some roommate conflicts. They're really trying to make it work. And yeah. about after the fourth night, living with the banana spider, ooh, you, you just say... You know, they're talking to each other. They're like, this motherfucker ain't even paying rent. (laughs) Yeah. And the the three termites who said something got gobbled up (laughs) like a mini muffin. But I want to tell you about getting bit by this thing. Okay. If you get bit by the Brazilian wandering spider, its venom inhibits a glutamate release, calcium intake and glutamate uptake in an individual's neural synapsis. Upon biting its victim, the deadly venom causes muscle spasms as well as breathing difficulties eventually resulting in paralysis and asphyxiation if left untreated. Good Lord. The venom also stimulates an individual's sensory nerves, causing extreme pain, swelling, and inflammation throughout the body. So we're down to the the number one spot. Do you have any last-minute guesses? I can't say that I do. Do you have any hints for me? Anything that might lead me to guess it? It has less than eight eyes. Hmm. It's also a nickname of a girlfriend I dated in high school. It's the six-eyed sand spider. <laughs> that joke was pretty good, I thought. No? I thought it was going to be called like the, you know, the Karen spider was like a nickname for it or like a, a Stephanie. Like a I Stephanie. legitimately thought it had a human nickname, but. Well, you were legitimately wrong. Got it. The six-eyed sand spider is number one. It can be easily identified due to its presence of small hairs covering its body and its reddish-brown coloration. Its coloration and its natural ability to hold particles of sand against its body allow the six-eyed spider to easily blend into its natural habitat. And this is that spider that buries itself under the sand. 
Mm. It buries itself under the sand. It's known to ambush its prey, which includes scorpions as well as small bugs and insects. Oh my God. Luckily for us, Buster, this spider is nowhere near us. It's in Southern Africa. Luckily for even those living in Southern Africa, it is a very shy and non-aggressive spider. I don't like the, I don't like calling a spider shy though, because that implies it's cute. No spider's ever been cute. Yeah, or that they're just too spent from a long day at work and they don't want to socialize with you. That's not the case. They, they don't want to die, so they don't think it's worth the risk being around yeah. you. Very introverted spider. Yeah, yeah, I think avoidant or reclusive would be a better mm-hmm. term, but... Like the brown recluse. Mm-hmm. But although the spider's not aggressive, it does occasionally bite humans, and when it does, it's serious. Its venom possesses a harmful necrotic agent and a potent hemolytic known to burst red blood cells in its victim. Common symptoms of the bite include massive hemorrhaging, severe pain, nausea, abdominal pain, and severe skin necrosis. However, little is known about the spider's effect on humans because only two human cases have been observed over the last century. Wow. But in one of those two cases, the victim lost his arm, while the other died from a massive loss of blood. So it's two for two in those two bites as far as killing oh my gosh. people. And better yet, there's more good news because there's no antivenom in existence. So if you get bit by this spider, there's nothing you can do. As far as symptoms, it's very similar to the effects of a rattlesnake bite. And for these reasons, the six-eyed sand spider is considered the deadliest and most dangerous spider species in the world. There you go. Happy Halloween, everyone. You just have a higher chance of getting struck by lightning than getting bit by one, fortunately. Yeah. But still, knowing it's out there in the bush, trying to be shy away from you, <laughs> not making eye contact with you, but when it comes down to it, your ass is grass. And not only that, but when you look at it, since it's so shy, its face, you can actually, you got to look close, but there's distinct little, like, blushing red cheeks on it, like like the emoji that's blushing. It's a very shy spider buster. Yes, and that red blush is just a reminder that 10 minutes after you get bit by it, you're going to start bleeding out. And hope you have your affairs in order because that's mm-hmm. a wrap. Speaking of, let's go back through the top 10. These are the top 10 most venomous spiders alive today. Number 10, the brown widow spider, also known as the brown button or gray widow. Brown button. Number nine is the yellow ball sack spider. Number eight is the Indian ornamental tarantula. It's the first one we discussed. Number seven is the brown recluse, also known as the fiddleback or brown fiddler. Number six, the black widow. We all know that one. Number five, the Sydney funnel web spider, not to be confused with the Sydney funnel cake spider. Mm. Number four, the Chinese bird spider. Number three, the redback spider, also known as the Australian black widow. Number two, the Brazilian wandering spider. And number one, the six-eyed sand spider, of which there is no antivenom to counteract its venomous bite. Happy Halloween! Well, there you have it. What'd you think? How much more in tune with nature and with spiders do you feel after this episode, Dr. Buster? I feel pretty in tune psychologically. It's changed my mindset. It will not change my behavior because I will still be murdering them at the drop of a hat. Same. A spider, if you kill it, guess what? I don't think there's any endangered spiders on the planet. Its ass is going to be replaced within milliseconds by the, another spider. Right. By its 100 cousins that are around. 
every time a spider lays eggs, there's like a thousand of them of the spider babies. Yeah. We actually should spray because we've lived in our current house about two years. And when we first moved in, I didn't see a single spider ever. And now I'm, spar- I'm starting to see one probably once a week, twice a month. Now I'm getting a little worried. So it's time to go on the offensive. Time to spray. And by the way, if you are one of those people that relocate spiders, but you also spray your house to get rid of spiders, what's the difference? Well, I don't know, does the spray kill them or does it just make them get close? They, and they say, oh, we should definitely go oh, elsewhere, baby. This is, we're, 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 de- we're definitely not going in there, baby. Why are they saying baby at the end of it? Are they talking to each other? They're talking to their 1,000 sex mates that they're going to eat after they fornicate with each other. <laughs> baby? I don't like it. I don't like it. Can you imagine the, the like sweet talk, the dirty talk that the male is doing to the female and she's just like, Oh, yes. Yeah, this is wonderful. And all the whole time she's thinking, I'm going to eat you in about 10 seconds flat. Why don't you hurry this up? She's like, this some bitch. I hope his uh, head tastes as good as his sweet talk does. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> uh, talk yeah. about two sides of the same coin. You go from having sex to being someone's meal. Well, we mentioned Jeffrey Dahmer earlier. I think that's kind of how it worked for him. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Well, if you are listening out there and you want to get even more into the Halloween spirit by talking about animals that can kill you, I encourage you to go back to episode 39 in the archives uh, where we did the top 10 deadliest animals. Spider was on that list, I believe, but also other animals. You can find that episode 39 on any podcast app or, of course, at tennispod.com where there's also a full written transcript of every episode. Buster, I love you like I love the next spider I see trying to get in my house. Which is not at all. Hmm. So I, I well, really appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, I thought you would. And thank you for being so vulnerable here with all the listeners so they can really, you know, reflect on your admiration of me. If there's nothing I'm not known for, it's definitely treating my psychicos with the utmost respect, understanding, tolerance, and love. Yes. Although you notice that I would have to say across the other sidekick host episodes, I noticed you run my name through the mud quite frequently. But I don't know what you're talking about. We didn't badmouth any other sidekick hosts during this episode. So, you know, I, hmm. I feel like it's only tit for tat, but you know, maybe I'm Which mistaken. Which sidekick host do you want to call out? Who do you hate the most? You. Okay. Because I'm, I'm the host, right? So you're, you're the sidekick host I hate the most. No, I got the joke. We all got the joke. <laughs> okay. I'm not five. I can keep up. Oh, we know you're not five. You know, yeah, you know by the way, <laughs> you just, all your ageist jokes against... The other, uh, what was his name? Which one? You asked him his age and he said he's like mid-40s, late-40s. And oh, you Brad. Were, you were surprised by that? Yeah. Old enough to be my grandpa, but we still love him. Yeah, all your ageist comments against Brad. I, I was horrified. But did you enjoy Brad's story about Ratso the Rat? I did. I was... Uh, I'm still reeling from that name. What a perfect pet name. Yeah. Ratso. The roller coaster yeah. of emotion I experienced in that episode and his very traumatic incidents he has with pets was, uh, I wasn't ready for. Yeah, so did you want to shit talk Brad now? No. You said you wanted to shit talk the other side? Okay. Nope. We'll save it for after we end recording then. We can just have a private session. See, I love all the sidekick hosts, unlike you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love them all. And I lo- even more than the sidekick hosts, I love my listeners, our listeners. If you're listening out there, I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Consider rating us and writing a review for us. 
And if you have any questions or comments or ideas for future episodes, hit me up on Twitter at the Nick Amell. I'm also on Instagram at that same handle, the Nick Amell. And Buster, Ben, what's a spider joke to end here? It's been an itsy bitsy bit of fun with you on this itsy bitsy spider episode. I'd say a little bit smaller than that, but I agree. All right. I'm Nick. He's Buster. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.